black beetles in the city Be back immediately to confiscate the money Fresh ground Wow You said flowers but you said you didn't receive Listen to it. <laughs> I hear it Song so much. Year. Welcome to Big Snackers. I hear it so much at work, like I just can't. <laughs> December thirty first. It is uh, the last podcast we'll be doing of twenty sixteen episode. Or like we're close to a hundred, right? Yeah, ninety eight. Yeah, I think this is ninety eight. Oh know. man, so I have to do something special for a hundred. But uh, here we are. Welcome. That was, of course, Black Beatles by Ray Srimmerd. But uh, why in the video are they like <laughs> using instruments and stuff? They don't. I was thinking that as we were. watching Is it supposed it? to be like in, like they're trying to equate themselves to the Beatles and like all that? Well, I think like they're trying to do like a rock and roll thing, but like that song is mellow even by hip hop standards. Yeah, and like it shows people like kind of like Masha, and he's like in this studded jacket. Yeah, and like rocking a guitar and a weird bandage on his mouth. Yeah, I don't understand what was that, that either. Supposed no. to be? I don't know what's going on there. But. That's the new. He's the new version of Nelly instead of. <laughs> They're not as good as Nelly. No. They'll never be the St. Lunatics. No, who but, will? Uh, what? What? What was the guy what, that... What the like, hook going to be? The... Oh, I don't remember what his name was. <laughs> Does anyone know the na- name of anyone of the St. Lunatics? Just Murphy Lee. Nelly? Just Murphy Lee, Lee and Del- Nelly. That's it. Staggily? Oh, I wish it was Staggily. But uh, welcome to Big Snackers. It's the end of the year, um, which means I'm sure you're listening to this and complaining because... Everyone apparently in the entire world had a horrible year. Yeah, so I don't, I don't believe that to be true. But <coughs> I mean, it wasn't a great year for anybody that I know. Yeah, but. I don't know. I think my yeah, my year had a lot of bad stuff, but I still feel like I accomplished a lot of things this year. Yeah, I mean, was there's right. definitely some bright spots here and there. I think people are just upset because liberals are upset because Trump <laughs> won. And they don't know how exactly to deal with it. And he's going to come in and kick their ass. Okay. You know what I'm saying? No. He's going to come in and be like, hey, I'm going to kick your ass. I mean, I don't think he's going to do much of anything at this Probably point. Probably not. <laughs> he seems to have kind of retreated on almost everything he had promised Yeah, pretty people. much. So, <laughs> and he just hired all his rich friends to be like hang out with he's him. He's got to hang out with somebody. Yeah, <laughs> what true. do you want him to do? That's true. And it makes sense. Like he hired a guy from an oil company, a guy from a fast food chain. Getting his gas, his food. He doesn't have to leave the White House ever. He just has it all delivered. Yeah. I don't know why you need gas delivered if you're not going anywhere. Yeah, but, I don't. <laughs> but uh, welcome. Thank you for sticking with us all year. Um, have a good episode today. We're going to talk about some uh, trim fest, and we're going to talk about Skunkerific and some year-end stuff, and, uh, you know, whatever. Just going to vibe out on it. Like, what we are is basically a podcast of two narcore bros... <laughs> Just chilling out in a room. You know what I mean? Like, anything goes with us. Like, you never know what you're going to get. What was that band? Pepper? Pepper. Yeah. But we were at Warp Tour, and then, yeah, the guy came up to our friend and was like, you going to see Pepper today? And our friend was like, oh, probably not. He's like, dude, there's like a bunch of narcore bros chilling out on stage. 
Which is my favorite description of a band, maybe of all time. Yeah, because I don't know what it means. I don't. To know me, it just means like that you're high. Yeah, that's. <laughs> like, about, pretty I'm pretty sure that's all it does mean. Because yeah. no one sober has ever said narcore. No. And been serious. No. Because what does that even mean? That's something like Bam Margera would say. Did you see Bam Margera? Mar- Margera has a movie. Yeah, Doug posted that on my wall. <laughs> is that new? What is I don't that? know what it is. It's like Bam Margera and Santa, isn't it? <clears throat> I don't know. I didn't really pay attention. I just saw his name and I was like, I'm not looking at this. So I'm just gonna. <laughs> no, you should probably look at it. But uh, so yeah, where do you want to start? I guess. I don't care. Well, we got one interview today. Um, we're gonna let you in on a lot of people. You know, watch superhero movies, and I don't think they think about the behind the scenes. Is the problem. Like yeah. you see the outcome of everything, you see them fighting the bad guy, you see what's going on, and you don't think, you know, I don't think enough people ask is how did that person become a superhero? Right. And we actually have an inside track on that later, so that's going to be exciting. So for now, I guess we can just start as a, the other day, Justin and I were on the phone and we started talking about Trimfest. <laughs> and uh, basically, this is all going to branch off into probably one of my favorite things we'll ever talk about on this podcast. And I promise you're going to be... Yeah, it's all the way down here. I don't... I mean, it's still... It might be. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Here, move it over this way. Yeah. Okay. But, uh... It's not mine. I was looking up... It's yours still. Yours is... 2008. Yours is still doing it, but... Yeah, I think it's yours. 2008. Where the fuck is Santa? Is that what it's called? Yeah. 2008. It's sad that that was like, like that was kind of at a time when Bam Margera was really popular, and no one has still ever heard of that, which probably tells you how bad it is. Yeah. So. Dunn was still alive. Yeah. What is? I don't you know. Can watch that's, it not, for that's definitely not mine. Two ninety nine on Amazon Video. Man, it's not me. Yeah, it was you. Yeah, it had to have been pretty much. This never happened before. I don't know. That's weird. It's only going to happen when you're actually like using it or getting a text or something. But all right, um, so Justin and I were talking about. Yeah, this would be a great episode. I think we might have talked about Skunkerific, but it was a long time ago. And like I was saying before, I was even probably sober, and I probably didn't do it justice. Mm-hmm. And there's so many good stories from this era of this one place that we could de- fill six podcasts. Yeah, but Justin and I had started talking about. Trim Fest, which you have to help me because I don't remember all the details, but basically <laughs> this dude I, uh, owned some strip clubs around here. Yeah. He, he, well, he owned one. Did he? I think, yeah. He owned a couple. You, yeah, you're probably right. He owned, and it was like he a owned trashy, one, and I think, shitty And it got busted later on because he was selling coke out of yes. it, so that's probably like where he made most of his money. <laughs> yeah, and his name was... Something something Trimble. Trimble. I don't remember. Yeah, but it was just T-R-I-M-B-L-E. And uh, at the time, Justin and I were in our first band together like my first band ever played a show verbal dynamite which we've talked about which is like our hip-hop group Mm -hmm. and uh we played shows here which we'll go back to this place later but i think this we'll just start with trim fest but uh this guy approached us and said he wanted to do a tour which i don't know if you realize what a tour is because he he came to us and was like i'm putting this tour together and he really did talk like that i'm Mm -hmm. not just being stereotypical and he was like basically i want to get the best local bands the most badass bands and what we're going to do is every weekend we're going to hit up some different venues in Cincinnati. Yeah. But it was just one which every was his weekend. Tour, yeah. Which was like every Friday or Saturday. And night it was just. It was a show. It was like three places in Fairfield and then his strip club. Yeah, it was all that. At the end, it culminated in a strip club, which, as we'll tell you, we never got to. No. Because we got kicked off. Yeah. 
But uh, the bands, man, I wish we could remember the names of more of them. But there was one called <laughs> Tears of Rage. Yeah. And uh, they were like a rap metal band, and their drummer played and sang. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had their friend who was named Big... <laughs> I can't remember what his name was. It was Big like Terry or something. Big, yeah, it was something. It wasn't like Big Bob or Big whatever. It wasn't something that you would think was normal. It was like yeah, Big Terry or Big Gary or something like that. And uh, every show they'd be like, Big Terry, get in the pit and show them how it's done. Yeah. And it was just this huge guy that would get in and kind of stomp around. He wouldn't mosh. There was no, never he never even there. like touched anybody. <laughs> he just walked in a circle, kind, yeah, of, just kind of. like yeah. he almost like power walked yeah, in a circle. Kind of. And uh, Tremble was this guy's name. His band. Yeah. Named after, if you name your band after your last name, you know that you're onto something special. So they were like a Limp Biscuit, Straight up. Yeah. And, and they this, had dancing girls on stage. Yeah. And this guy wanted really bad to be Fred Durst, but he was like 45. He was like old, like, like a beer belly. Yeah. And he always wore, he always wore like a beanie cap and like, even on stage, even like when he was like doing stuff and he always, he stood in the same place and then would like jump up and down. All, yeah. Like rapping or whatever it was he was doing. It was like they were one of those bands, like legit. All their songs would be like, Bitches love me because I got a big dick. Yeah. Like legit yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. He would like kind of rap and just talk, yell. Yeah. Like zero talent. It was so bad. And I remember his voice was like, it would, it would like, it was all wavery like that. Like yeah. all the Fred Durst, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that. yeah. And the, the irony is, like, I think he just asked us because we didn't make any sense, but. Like he asked us because we, we were the only people. band. Yeah, we were the only band in that area that drew people. We actually, other than when he asked Strange Jane to play <laughs> we'll the next. <laughs> well, because yeah, Verbal Dynamite. What we did, I mean, we we were, we were not we were not the best. No, we were good, but <laughs> we were good. We but we were very fun to watch. Yeah, because what we would do is we realized that we didn't really have any talent necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. So what we did is, like, at our shows... Like, our stage show would be pretty thin without We would without have, like, literally kitty poles full of whipped cream in the crowd. We made well, that was, the, that was the final show. That wasn't that doesn't count. I guess that's true. But I'm just, like, damning different things we've done. Yeah, we did all kinds of stuff. We, we had, like, we had, um, we had uh, Tom Hart powerbomb somebody through a table. Josh. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, Josh. Through a table running. on stage. Uh, we gave out rubber ducks on necklaces Always. that became very popular for some reason. We gave out treats. We had pink yeah, we had... Yeah, we also had a thing called the oatmeal cannon, <laughs> which uh, which usually worked pretty well, but malfunctioned one time and almost killed a kid. Yeah, it really <laughs> did. And uh, Justin also, I know we've told the story before, prevented me from going to prison for the rest of my mm-hmm, life because mm-hmm. I almost murdered a girl. Yep, I sure did. I don't know what got into me. That was weird. <laughs> Justin saw the eyes of the devil. Over- I really, like something <laughs> happened, like something, I don't know what happened to you that moment. we were destroying a uh, newspaper machine well we weren't it was in the middle of that fucking show somebody ran oh, in yeah. with it <laughs> yeah what was just, that I, no because here's the thing about that final show we had like kitty pulls of whipped cream we had um we had all these tarps set down it looked like a dexter kill room in there <laughs> like it was fucking like basically we knew our music wasn't the best but we had so much fun so we just made our shows so anyone would either have the best time ever or be really confused but then like Literally in the middle of us playing, someone, I don't even know how you can be this strong. They ran in with one of those metal newspaper dispensers where you put uh, coins in and you get the newspaper out. Like, just ran in and threw it against the stage and pulled out a fire axe and started hitting it. And I was like, and also, here's the thing is what people don't. It was during our set, wasn't it? Yeah, it was during our set. What people don't understand about this is we were not 
a metal like rap band. We didn't, no, we didn't no. have aggressive music at all. We were literally like a watered down version of Bloodhound Gang. Mixed like LFO. Yeah, mixed like, with LFO. It was honestly like like Justin we had like the pop hooks and like using like DJXs and keyboards. We didn't even have a drummer. No. Bass and then like lightly distorted guitar. Yeah. It was like pop songs. Yeah. Like rap stuff. Like it was poppy hip hop. I mean, I know we've played it on here before, but it's been a while, like yeah. a long time ago. So uh, I wish I was on my old computer right now. I'd play it right now, but... We'll play it later, but it was very fun. It was a fun band. Wait, but... did anybody ever upload any of that to YouTube? I wonder if it's on <sighs> I don't know, but that's so... Justin's right. Is somebody brought in a newspaper machine for this show, and I don't remember. It was just like <laughs> sanity, but then for some reason... I grabbed the axe and tried to murder a girl yeah. by chopping her head off. Yeah, yeah I was standing there talking I to people. I think I was talking to Heather and Nikki Kraft, who like were twins or whatever, yeah. who would always come to all of our shows. Yeah. And then I looked over and I saw Ryan <laughs> with this fucking crazy look in his eye. And he looked down at the axe and he looked at this girl... <laughs> Who didn't even know. I don't think we, we, knew we didn't know. We didn't know this person. Yeah. And he like wheeled it back like he was going to like like a baseball bat. And I ran over and I just grabbed him. <laughs> and he seriously swung it forward and like missed her by like maybe a foot. Maybe a foot. I owe Justin my life. Like she owes me her life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, literally, yeah. I don't know what you were doing. I don't know, man. I was. Like I still weird. don't understand <laughs> what weird. happened. And you couldn't explain it afterward. I don't know. And so I had to. I took the axe away from him. Of she course, had, she had to go. <laughs> I don't know. God, that was fucked that up. That was weird. Um, but <laughs> but those were our shows. But basically, because of all this, we drew a big crowd because it was always fun or like ridiculous enough. People wanted to see what was going to happen. Right. So this guy asked us to play, even though we didn't fit, because it was all like metal and rap metal bands. And the kind of bands we were playing with, I'll put it this way: is I wish I could remember the name of this band, but this band got on stage and they sounded like Pantera. And man, the banter of this band. This is the first night, so skipping back to what we said, this was the first night of the tour, mm -hmm. which was a show in Fairfield, which is a suburb of Cincinnati. And uh, this guy gets on stage, and he had like a ball chain necklace on, and like one of those like big Johnson shirts, which like had some like funny perverted phrase on it mm -hmm. or something. They sound like Pantera, and he's like, "Wrote this next song while I was in prison. It's pretty funny." <laughs> like I remember we were already like what did we get ourselves into? It's the great like, like what that's my favorite this? thing that he that anybody's ever said on TV. <laughs> that, yeah, on, that's, uh, a, that's a really stage. good one. It's just And we just I mean immediately wrote we all this like song in prison. It's pretty, pretty funny. funny. This song's <laughs> about getting high. It's called 420. 420. <laughs> that was another one. And he just like every song was like that and he'd be like Songs about my ex girlfriend. It's called Cunt. Yeah. Like you're just like you're just like oh my gosh. Yeah. And we were just like, at that point, I remember we were like, what did we get ourselves into here? Because of that, and like the Trimble guy came up to us. I remember and he was like, we're gonna make this success, man. Like we're gonna. He was like all professional. And we were just like, this is so crazy. Like and it's like <laughs> and we knew like right away that it was not gonna be a success because it started at four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> like the sun is still out. Yeah. And he, uh, <laughs> and he wanted all these bands to play, and it's like... And he made him sign contracts. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, And we wouldn't sign it. Yeah. Because... Because fuck him. He had, like, a contract basically saying, like, I, I'm going to record your set, something else. I can sell the CDs and do whatever I want with them. Yeah. And all this, and you got to show up at this time, and if you don't, 
you won't get paid. And, like, we were just like, we're not going to sign this. And I remember he was like, well, you have to. Everybody is. And we were like, we just don't have to play. It's fine. Like, yeah. And then and he it, got, like, upset about that. And he was like, no, okay, it's fine. Like, you just still can play, though. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to sign Because he knew for a fact that no one was going to fucking show up to that show. It, yeah. Well, I mean, Tears of Rage was pretty good. I still can't believe we were there for fucking six hours before we yeah, played. We were there for the entire night. And Justin and I sat around and watched all the bands. Yeah, we watched everything. Like, everybody else left and went and got high or whatever. Which and we were just fair. sitting there being like, all right, we're going to see what this is. Because <laughs> yeah. at the time, I was like, I don't care. I like shitty bands. I'll oh, watch yeah. all these. Fucking... It was great. And uh, the last band, of course, was Trimble. And they got up on stage to, like, seven people, Justin and I being two of them, and our friend Josh, was a sound guy, being another. Yeah. Like, they literally played to, like, five people. Well, that's because and, uh, all the people who came to watch us laugh. Yeah. And, uh, like, they got on stage, and it was a drummer, a bass player, a guitar player, and then the tremble guy himself singing. Or singing, rapping, whatever you want to say. Then they had two girls that worked at a strip club dancing on stage, like in bikinis yeah. and booty shorts. And he kept on being like, he would like smack their asses. You remember the songs yeah. and be like, "Come on, baby!" Like <laughs> it was, it was like the Twilight Zone. So like it felt like weird. a whole other world. Yeah. And uh, so that night we were just like, "Oh, what have we got ourselves into?" At the same time, we we're like, "Well, something kind of awesome. Yeah, this will be interesting." And then uh, the next one was that. That place was Strange yeah, Jane, wasn't Generations it? or whatever. We didn't play. Did we didn't we? get to because he kicked us off. Yeah. Do you remember what happened exactly? Um, there was so. Oh, it was because the the uh, venue wouldn't let us play because Josh was underage. That's right. And then he said, "Oh well, fuck you guys." Like, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, well, of course, because you booked it at a twenty-one and up club. Right. Like nobody that comes to watch us this is going like to be able we were to just get in fresh here. out of high school. Right. Like we weren't older at all, so it was like. Oh, yeah, and that was when we showed up anyways, but Justin and I, were we, tw- I guess we No, I was 21. You were, I yeah, wasn't. Nobody was else was, but it was because Josh was like 17. Yeah, he was under 18. So Justin and I stayed at this show anyways, mm-hmm. and that's where, and Ju- me, and you, Justin, Justin Sheldon, Sheldon, our friend, rest in peace, was in a bit, not him, but the band was in it. <laughs> he's alive. <laughs> Justin is alive and well and married. Yeah, but, he's uh, fine. He was in a band called Lightweight Holiday, who rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Because, uh. They put out an album. Actually, it was produced yeah. by somebody big. It was. It wasn't a bad album. No, they almost really did a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, they almost did. Except, <laughs> except because of uh, what's his name, Matt Lang. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's he's a piece of work. But uh, you remember that video for his band? <laughs> Stop. Yes. Do you want to yes. watch it? No, again? I don't ever want to again. But he had uh, a so, band called Thrash Unreal, which apparently was named after that Against Me song. But this for was like. Reason. Eight months after that Against Me song came out. Right. It wasn't recently. Yeah. So it was really weird. Yeah. It'd be like if you made a band now called Black Beatles, which yeah. I'm going to do now. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but uh, so Justin and Justin and I stayed around, and uh, it was about 5 p.m. again, daylight out. It was summer, so it wasn't, you know, like... Nobody was there. It wasn't dark earlier. There was no one there. And all of a sudden, on stage, this fog machine starts going off, like pyrotechnics, Maybe 15 people in the crowd. Light coming if in even. from the side door yeah. still. And also it's like, Cincinnati! We all strange giant! And they were a Guns N' Roses cover band yeah. that he replaced us with for this tour. Yeah. This thing. Which I know what you're thinking is this sounds unreal, but this is all the thing is, is that The thing is, is that I was fine with it because A, I got to see that happen. We and watched then, Strange Jane. And B... 
they made way more sense on that tour than we ever would have. And the singer of that band went on to stay around the rock and punk scene in Cincinnati and creep on underage girls up to this day, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember that guy? Yeah. Because he will come around to house shows and stuff in yeah. like serious like leather pants and like balding but like with long curly hair. Yeah. And it was super creepy. Yep. <laughs> like I think still to this day, probably. Probably. Like I've seen him within the last few years for sure. Show up at like shows and just like he would be the dude that literally had to be forty five years old, sunglasses on, balding, like tight leather pants, but like beer belly too, mm. and just like ugh, super creepy. He was, he was amazing. But uh, so strange, James. Strange. <laughs> they God. they were. I mean, they were a talented band. Like the people. No, they, they could were, play. Yeah, they were a Guns N' Roses cover band, yep. and uh, that was the end of our Trimfest tour. Yeah, which were two shows that were about four miles apart. Mm-hmm. No, not even four. Like two? literally, yeah, maybe two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that place was right next to that Toys for Tots, wasn't it? Like right, right there by La Roses. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was it, and that all sparked from a place called Skunkerific, which uh, I want to introduce all our listeners to the best place on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because we can. Go- I don't even know where to begin. How did we discover Skunkerific? Um. And yes, I am saying skunk erific. Yeah. Which the good part is we can confirm all this because once we're done with some of these stories, there's a YouTube channel yeah, because they're still open. To, yeah. Kind of. So you can go to and and even okay, even if you don't believe most of this stuff, <laughs> if you watch any of the videos on there, you'll be able to extrapolate from them that we are not lying to you. <laughs> and if anything, we're probably forgetting good oh, parts yeah, of these stories. There's tons of stuff that uh, I think we discovered it because we were looking, because you always would want to go to UCD stores, and then you found out yeah. about them, and that was back when you're right. They were just a CD store because they they were like two stores down from where they ended up relocating to. That's right, because just oh yeah, the old school one I forgot about. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't realize like how crazy Chuck was, and we thought he was like kind of cool because he would give us good deals and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Justin and I used to like we've talked about before. We would just go and buy. During the era of like cash money and no limit, when every rap album had some crazy Photoshop cover, Justin and I would buy as many as we could and just try to find ridiculous, crazy rappers. So um, we heard about this UCD store called Skunkerific. Yeah. And it was right by where I went to high school. And it was like in this little strip mall across the place from this magical, magical older man that made great sandwiches. Oh, yeah. I oh. miss that man. I haven't been there in so long. There was a place called the Fairfield Deli. Yeah, and this guy just made these sandwiches with love. I'm telling you. Oh, they were always that. Seriously, was like, <laughs> like I mean, you can like making a turkey sandwich on white bread with like mayo and stuff is not a difficult thing. No, it's but it's the right. fact that this guy made them taste so good, I don't even know how <laughs> it because is it's weird. just normal like shit. You know what I mean? But yeah, like I would get a turkey sandwich with bacon, cheese, and mayonnaise yeah. on white bread. Yeah, and it was. Just regular as white, like butter and yeah, white bread. Yeah, you go bread. home though and try to make that same sandwich. No. I mean, it just not, would not be the same. Not taste the same. I don't know what it was about this guy. He just did love. it. Love, right? Yeah, it had to be love because it doesn't. It never made any sense to me because it really did taste better. It did, and he it was wasn't just, like they were using anything special. He like, was, yeah, he was just like this super friendly older man that like would thank you, and he knew us because I mean, once we get into the story, we realize how often we were at this place, but mm-hmm. right across the street. So whenever we had shows, and I worked there for a little while. Like, there was a subway right there in a McDonald's, but you never, like, no, because you, that no. deli, yeah, you always go get, to like, the deli. they had, like, crinkle cut fries, chips, and these amazing homemade sandwiches yeah. that really did, and they weren't expensive. Like, no. you could get, like, a turkey sandwich and, like, 
chips, chips for like, and a drink, like a bottle four of four bucks or yeah, something. Maybe five. If, if, yeah, maybe yeah, four most. bucks. Yeah, <laughs> and it was it was weird. Like <clears throat> we always joked that he made them with love because it, they really just tasted magical. Well, that was the only place I've ever ate a deviled egg and actually liked it. That's true because you hate deviled eggs. Yeah. I love deviled eggs, but his yeah. deviled eggs too, like. It was a gas station deli, but all the food was made by this one guy. Yeah. He did like fried chicken, deli sandwiches, yeah. deviled eggs, just whatever he felt like making that day. Pretty I think. much, yeah. It's like you didn't have a set menu. I mean, there was always sandwiches, but then it was whatever he felt like cooking that morning. Yeah. And it was all delicious. His chicken was ridiculous. Yeah. Like he was amazing. I, I don't. I just don't I hope understand. He's still there. We should go get a sandwich there. Sometime. I know. I would love to. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I, I hope he's still alive, but yeah, he was older. Knows? He this was a little is, bit older. This is like 15 years ago. Yeah. So this is but. Um, yeah, so we went to the CD store, and I remember this was right when we kind of got into the Bloodhound Gang, because this is like before Hooray for... your phone's still like fucking <laughs> This is before Hooray for Boobies even came out, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think... It was like around he sell one... it to us before it came out? He had like a promo yeah, copy. Yeah, promo copy. I think that's what happened, so... Maybe like, uh, yeah, because it was just around that time. Yeah, Justin and I walk into this place, and there's this guy behind the counter that... He looks like the singer Blues Traveler. Yeah, pretty much. Right? Like He's uh, also just as crazy as John Popper. Crazy. Because it turned out crazy. later on when John Popper remember after Blues Traveler oh, kind yeah, of was on the outs nuts, and then Yeah, and then the he the cops pulled him over. Oh yeah. And he had like like ten guns in his Jeep or whatever. Yeah, I and forgot he was like about that. And he said it was for the coming apocalypse. Well, I mean <laughs> it is true. Trump. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so this guy, I mean, he had like a, would you call it a cowboy hat? It's like a, it's like a Stetson hat. Like a, yeah, like, like a Stetson. wearing that, this big guy, he just, I don't know, you know, you just see some people and you're like, this is a character. Mm-hmm. Like a hundred percent, this is a character. I don't know what kind yet, but he was cool. Like for real, this time we went in, like he was like, oh, the what on gang? He was like, we got a promo of their new album. If you want it, like. You know, I hook you up. and Like, this was back in the day. Like, you couldn't just download an album. No. So, like, this is pretty cool. I mean, you could, but it just took forever. Like, you'd have to get on LimeWire and, and hope you could yeah. piece it together and stuff. But, yeah, it wasn't like nowadays by any means. So, we did that, and then we bought a bunch of rap CDs from him. And he thought we were funny. And we were like, oh, that's cool. And I think at this point, we'd started playing music and recording, but we'd never played a show, obviously, because no. our first show was there, so... He was like, you know, come back, come back, we're a new store, and well, this or that. I don't even think Purple Dime might have existed yet. Yeah, I think that was when you and I were doing just like, boy is blob and lactating penis and stuff. Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Like, but, uh, which was when Justin and I were just making like, lactating penis was like a grindcore band. And then, boy is blob. We went from um, pop punk songs to skits to yeah. <laughs> raps. I don't know what it was. We did whatever <laughs> we wanted. I remember I Justin wrote a song about Mr. Planner's Peanut and how he loved him, and it was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it went something like this. It light just... <laughs> no, it didn't sound... It wasn't Steel Train. You said the lights. <laughs> and uh, so I don't remember like all the details here, but at some well, point... Well, he, he had like ended up like that mattress store that was in that corner plot or corner lot thingy yeah i'll say the store that we were at that we just talked about was very small yeah it was very small like cds were stacked on the counters like yeah, he yeah. already had too much inventory yeah. so he moved he had moved it when they moved 
uh, he moved it over there, and it was like a way bigger place. It was way too like, fucking big. It was actually big. insanely big. Yeah, I mean, it, like, because you, I mean, you've seen a mattress store; like, they're yeah. pretty goddamn big. So, and all he sold was CDs, and then like some video games or movies. Yeah, right? sometimes, like, just yeah, media, but mostly. So music. he built. He built all. These... <laughs> Don't worry, people. It's gonna get he good built, here soon. He built all these shelving units, right? That were gonna hold the sure. CDs. Yeah, he did. Um, now. There's a lot of things that Chuck is, but he is not a carpenter by any means. And these were the worst looking fucking shelving units. And I feel like probably cost more to make than if he would have just bought real ones. I think for sure. And remember, they always smelled bad because he had used like cheap paint and like he didn't let it dry correctly. So like they always had an odor for years. Like He was the type of dude that would go to the store and be like, what's the cheapest paint you have? And they could be like, well... We have this stuff in the bat, but it's recalled because it's supposed to be dang. Oh, give me a take it, spine, yeah. take it. And, <laughs> yeah. and he would because he, his reasoning would be that like he didn't believe probably that the recall was the a government real thing. Wanted yeah, that the government. Yeah, like he was one of these crazy conspiracy Alex Jones type people before it was a thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I don't even know his political side if he's like conservative Republican, like or liberal. It doesn't no, matter. He's he, just out of his. He's mind. his own. Like yeah. <laughs> he has his own party. Like you know, he. Um, definitely probably has like guns in a bunker and like will tell you that like the government like is going to kill us all and it's going to take his guns and, like, yeah, for, for oh sure. he definitely is a person who thinks it is that the government's coming to take his guns yeah if you watch the youtube videos that's that's definitely clear so like <laughs> he moved in that place and we helped him set it up and stuff and, uh, yeah, we become like friends with him at yeah, that we, point. Like, and he, but we really didn't know that he was crazy at that point. Like, he didn't because him and um, um, what's it, what was her name? Debbie. Debbie. Yeah. Like, she was always really nice His to wife. us, and actually, she was okay. Like, she, she never really yeah. seemed as crazy no, as he was. Not at all. I mean, she was a little bit off kilter, but yeah. anybody who owns pet skunks is going to be a little strange. Oh, we we, we forgot to explain. Is oh, yeah, the other reason the store, it's called skunkerific is that they have pet skunks that walk around the store, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which they've had like their stinkers or whatever like taken yeah. out so they can't spray yeah but it's still odd yeah it's a little bit I, I would strange. also like to explain to you that their logo was a skunk's asshole yeah like i'm the, not kidding the a in skunkerific was literally a skunk lifting its tail and the legs made an a and then From it had the, back. And the, the hole in the a was its asshole <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> just just in case you guys i can't even in case you guys didn't know <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be able to get through these stories without losing my mind. That's a real thing. He had business cards. Yeah. Skunk's oh, asshole. No, no, no. He didn't just have business cards. He had that old ass fucking SUV, SUV, that giant GMC Suburban that he got that rat put on. That like literally had a. He was just driving down the street. A skunk's ass. Fucking. Maniac. If you would have seen him driving down the street and that John Popper hat and the skunk's asshole there, you would like call the police. Yeah. But so he, this is the way that so so he had put in this gigantic fucking counter that stretched the entire length of the store, right? It was weird. This is what he had said. He said he was gonna set up different businesses at each counter. I mean it ended up at just a bunch of shit sitting on the counters oh, all the time. Geez. We'll get to that, yeah. Um but he said that, and then we put in all the cases and put up all the CDs and everything. Yeah, we helped him because he and gave us, like, he just hooked us up with that, stuff. And that took up maybe a quarter of the store. Yeah, really? Maybe. And so like, he had, like, when you say quarter of the store, though, too, like, for listeners, but it was a lot of product. Yeah. This place was huge. I don't know what the square footage was, but just, I don't know. Like, just look at, like, if you're ever around a mattress store, like a sleep 
whatever sleep ride or like a right. mattress warehouse or something. Like, just look in it and imagine that that's what we're talking well, cause about. Well, because it was a full selection of music from like rock section to pop section, rap, punk, A to Z. And even then, and we stretched it all form. the way back to the end of the store and didn't even have to make two rows. No. Because, <laughs> like, uh, oh, no, there were two rows. There but, were two. But you didn't have to, like, but that's it. Like, and, like you could cover that much. He had a lot of rap. records. Yeah. You could find anything. Yeah, like, pretty much anything. Yeah, whatever. Like, I, I have so many CDs from there. And even when you put all this stuff on the shelves, there were still huge stacks of the shit behind the fucking counter because he took trade-ins and all that. Every UCD was seven ninety nine. Unless it was in bad condition, and then it was three ninety nine. Yeah. Oh, unless it was in unplayable condition, but then he had a little machine well, yeah, he invented. Sh- <laughs> Shh, don't talk about it. Um, but, no, we'll talk about it. Then. Oh yeah. We um, so we we ended up asking, or he ended up saying to us that he wanted to make like a venue there. Yeah, he wanted to do shows. So we were like, okay. And we got one of our friends to come in and, like, build a stage for it. Yeah. And, like, put up, like, a lighting rig and everything like that. It was nice. It wasn't bad. Like, no, it, I, for, not, not, for as long, not for as long as it took and how much he charged. It was great. Like, And I remember we asked him, like, well, are the neighbor stores going to be okay with it? And he was like, I don't care. Yeah, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he didn't give a shit. <laughs> we were like, okay. And it's it like, was a tanning salon? Yeah. Yep. And it was the comic book store, wasn't it? So that uh, was good because they didn't care, obviously. Yeah, well, they were closed by the time anything would happen anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then the tattoo shop opened. Yeah, um, so it worked out, which is weird because this was in like a real suburban part of town. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but this plaza happened to have a cool comic book store. I mean, it was a huge comic book store too. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it cool. Okay, not cool, but it was a comic book store, so that's cool. Because it was actually guy, not not a great comic book store. The guy with the glasses that worked in there, he'd always try and sell you like hentai stuff. He was like, creepy, and their stuff was overpriced. Oh, very much, like yeah. for sure. They were ripoffs, but, but um, it was still cool because the comic book store. Yeah, and there was uh, a piercing tattoo shop called Limbody. Yeah, they had some cool people that worked there. Yeah, and then. Uh, a tanning salon who actually, the girls were really nice. We became friends with them. Mm-hmm. No thanks in part to Chuck who made it difficult. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he always acted like she was such a bitch and it was like, and she, she was not, and she was really all. nice. Yeah. A very nice person. It was just at the time we didn't realize how crazy Chuck was. So yeah. we didn't know. He would know. tell us, he'd be like, that lady, you got to watch out for her. Yeah. Like she's well, and we'd always be like, okay. And then we'd see her and be like, how are you guys doing? Like this or that. And she was super nice. And now I'm starting to think about it and there's a billion things that are coming back to me but oh yeah um, say, this could go on for too long we should get so, to the some of the funny stuff but but we helped we, we built a stage and that was essentially he built that stage so we would have a place to play practice and play yeah, and practice and of, play yeah which is cool like yeah. that was really nice it was really nice yeah like for sure but then we like, were starting a band at that point like Justin and i had made music but we wanted to really start a band and start playing shows and like really become active like and have a scene and we kind of did that thing that bands do where it's like we didn't really know that many people. You knew Tom, obviously, and stuff, and Lil Relay, and like mm. Scrubs, but that was like outside of our world so much. Yeah, we like, didn't really. That we kind of did create our own scene, which is kind of cool. It's like yeah. you hear a lot of bands doing that. We kind of went out into this certain suburb and made our own thing because yeah. we didn't know what to do. Right. And that's cool. Like, I'm proud of that. And we like really helped a lot of bands like nurture and foster there. But I feel bad that we brought them into <laughs> the world that we brought them into. Because, uh, I mean, honestly. And I know this is like weird. I mean, I think that um, 
without without that place, a train of thought wouldn't have been a band. Then you wouldn't have like Eric Nally wouldn't be doing what he's doing. Now. Who's like singer Foxy Shazam and has a solo record coming out and did the Macklemore stuff. Yeah, yeah like like that's of, where he like they started. Train like, of thought played Trimfest. Yeah, and Eric was this kid who had a dildo microphone mm-hmm. and like white boy twisted dreads yeah. and was screaming about like dicks and stuff yeah. and then went on to sing who he is a great singer no so he's he, a fantastic singer and he's a good but, guy i like him yeah, he's, he's a really cool guy but but uh but without that it's weird you may not have his career like he may not even have pursued it ever and you really. have people there that went on yeah like him and then you had so that became like suffocate faster and like bury your dead yeah and then like joey and all those people and then justin and lightweight holiday yeah he recorded with howard benson which is crazy yeah. and like it is weird like I'm not saying, like, we didn't foster some scene like some people that started, like, a revolution by any no, means. But it was kind of cool. Like a small, we did our little thing. But there's a, small, there's a small family tree that grew out of that fucking weird place that ended <laughs> up with some cool stuff. Like, And I guess, you know. I mean, yeah, the stuff I've accomplished, which is pretty cool. So yeah. it's like all that. Yeah, because out. honestly, without it, I mean, I, I mean, you would have still pursued music, but I don't think you would have gotten as quick a start as you no, did. No, definitely not. Like, for sure. Like, that was <clears> definitely, like, because we really cared, like... Justin and Josh and I and our friends, like, we really, like, built the stage from scratch. Like, we kind of did that thing where it's, like, we didn't have a scene, and we didn't know anybody, so we made everything. Yeah, we were fucking DIY, man. Yeah, We were real DIY. We really did DIY, like, everything from scratch. And I will say... Thank God for Chuck being there to do that, because he did let us do that. Yeah. As crazy as he was, he, he let us basically practice at a store after it closed. Yeah. Whatever, when he gave his yeah. keys. Yeah. So in some ways, for sure, like that's awesome. But he <coughs> had two sides. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, uh, so where do we begin? Well, probably begin with the fact that you started working there. Yeah. So he basically, yeah. This that's a good way. That's a good way to start explaining. Is uh, my friend Dusty and I started working there because he needed people to. Well, first of all, he said that. He would clean CDs and fix them. Like, if you had a CD that was scratched beyond repair, you could bring it there and he would fix it for you. Now, behind this huge counter Justin was talking about, there were four doors. Yeah, four doors. The first door... It was like their office or whatever. The second one was eBay, Mm -hmm. because they had a whole eBay business, and they kept it all separate, which was actually smart. One of the few things they did that made sense is that they didn't mix it in with their normal product, because it was just strictly eBay. The third Third, room... The third room was the CD room. And then... The the fourth room was a bedroom. And the bedroom with the skunks. Yeah. Food and stuff. And a bed back there, which we'll get to that, because... I don't know if we'll get to it, because, you know, but... So... Just keep uh, in mind, there was a bed in this store. And the third room, basically, Chuck said that... There was one guy named Jason Mm -hmm. that worked there. Who was was the only person allowed in that room. He was a very nice guy. And he was the only person allowed in that room, and he had to sign a contract where Chuck basically said, if you break this contract, I will sue you for everything you own. Yeah. And uh, the only people allowed back there were Jason, Chuck, and Debbie, his wife. I worked there, and we, ha- we, were, we had keys to this place. And we were allowed to go there and practice at night with tens of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise. But we weren't allowed in that room. No. And that was a different lock. So just to put how weird that is. He gave us keys to his business where I could go there at 2 a.m. and we could start having band practice, sodas, do whatever. Yeah. Like, 
I remember we'd even like bring girls there because we thought it was awesome. Like we were cool and stuff. But then I mean, I n- I never did that no, personally, I but I know that. you did. <laughs> yeah. I know Josh did. Josh did. But like, it wasn't like we were being like scumbags. It was just like, check this out. Like you'd be on a date or hang out with a girl, and you'd think you were awesome because you know I had this key to the CD store. But uh, but this is before I worked there. But all that being said, we weren't allowed in this room. No. To which Justin and I are still convinced he just had a CD doctor. Yeah. There was but, no. He said that he had created this machine, okay? <laughs> now, keep in mind. Now, keep in mind, for what I told you earlier, that he didn't know how to build a CD case from scratch. The idea that he engineered a, a mechanical device that could, that could repair, not, not just clean, repair. It was cleaning. Yeah, he, like, he said repair a CD, even if it was, like, scratch beyond... Like, you know, recognition. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> first of you all, would hear... So, Jason would go back there. Yeah. <laughs> and he wouldn't leave that room for like eight hours. Hours. I don't hours. even know why. He never took a break. Never. No, no, no. no. He didn't. never took a break. Never fucking like went to get anything to eat. There was no door that left that place <laughs> that other than the door that no. was there. And, and he would come out and so chuck all sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> And, super weird. And like you would hear, you would hear what sounded like a fucking buzzsaw and a leaf blower fucking each other. Like that's what this, that's what this fucking machine supposedly sounded like. It was now, like I don't a know. Doctor Seuss book. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, someone would walk in with their daughter's like scratch Britney Spears and be like, "Oh, hold on." And they go back there and you would just hear this. <laughs> it's like he was taking a fucking belt sander to it and like he would come out and give it to the guy and then like they would take it three bucks yeah but here's the thing i think the person would also hear that noise and i'm pretty sure even if the cd didn't work they'd be like it does. We're not going back in this. Yeah, like, never again. Which, which so, we'll get to that. In a well, I was gonna say you the be- reason why I think Jason was so sweaty was because he was just back there in this fucking hot room with no no ventilation. There wasn't. There was yeah. none. With the CD doctor, and he just was doing CD after CD, like turning it so it's like warm and stuff. And he had to listen to that buzzsaw noise all day because he played it on like a like a, a, beep, a boombox or whatever, you know. <laughs> But, like, also the logic that you're thinking is, like, let me explain this conversation. You be Chuck and I'll be me or you. Mm. Hey, Chuck, if, like, that technology is so good, like, and you invented something that can literally fix CDs, why don't you just try to, like, sell it? No, because, uh, <laughs> you know, the, someone would steal my design and then, you know, we would, uh, I would have to go after them or sue. You know, there's been people come in here, they've been looking for me, they've been trying to find that machine, and I tell them, no, you get the fuck out of here. Uh, I, like, well, I pull my gun out on them if they... The- why don't why don't you just like you know patent it and then sell it? Well, I've been trying to, but they keep stopping me. <laughs> who? The people who don't want me to have this machine. They want to take. <laughs> he it was themselves. DJ Khaled before it existed. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Have to think of it. He was like they. Yeah, they it were was always they. And the ju- answer Justin just gave me is legit things he would say. Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, it went escalated so weirdly from zero. To, I'm gonna pull my gun out on yeah. him. You'd be like, what? Well, considering the first, well, yeah, the was, first like 20 minutes of you working there. That's what I was. He, were, say. he was like, well, you can, you know, you can sit here, you can use a computer or whatever, and then you bring <laughs> people out this way, and you were like, yeah, I know. I mean, it's just a POS system. Right. I mean, it was the, it was literally the shittiest POS system because it was Chuck and he didn't want to spend money on anything. When well, it was my first had day. Like, 
Also, I was going to say, when you walked in there, there was, like, you know, if you go to a shooting range, or if you haven't been, if you go to a shooting range, you get targets. Mm-hmm. And you can get them that are just, like, an outliner person or a real person. Yeah. And Chuck had this target that had bullet holes through it right there on the wall. And it said, ask about anti-theft policy. Now, here's the thing. You did ask about that. <laughs> yeah. My first day. Yeah. When I started working there, my very first day, he's like, and like it- Justin said, he was like, here's what you do. Here's this or that, so much this. And then he pulls out a loaded revolver and puts it in my hand, which is not legal. Like, I was like 20. I don't even know. Like, I wasn't old enough to buy a handgun, I don't think. Or maybe I was at that point. No, I don't think so. But either way, he hands me a revolver that's loaded and goes, and here's this. He's like, if somebody steals something, you can legally shoot them. Yeah. And I was like, I remember, I was like, I'm not going to shoot someone for stealing a UCD. And he goes, why not? It's your American right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that might be so, but yeah. that's fucking insane. Yeah. Like, he just handed me a gun. Yeah. And he was like serious. Like, and he was that type of person that's like, I want, I wanted people to understand how much of like a sociopath of like how weird back and forth it was. Like, Justin can verify this. Like, say like a salesman came into the store. Chuck would smile at them and be like, you need to get the fuck out of my store because I have a gun under here and I will shoot you. Yeah, yeah. Like, he would seriously say stuff like that with a smile on his yeah. face. And you know like, how... Oh, my God. Do you... Okay. How many times did the cops come there? Oh, God. <laughs> like, literally, like... I, I mean, if it wasn't... If it wasn't twice a day, I'd be surprised. All the time. Like, because so it was either complaints. it was either him calling them yeah. <laughs> because he thought somebody sketchy was outside. He was so paranoid. Or, which was funny, why he would call him. Why wouldn't he just go out there? Right, if exactly. He was that worried about it. Exactly. <laughs> and then, or th- it would be them getting called by somebody he threatened or All the time. did something to. He had so many fucking letters come, like, where people were, like, you know, complaints and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Well, um, a, a high school teacher from there, he got fired because, do you remember this? In the room where the bed was, one night at one of the concerts that we had there, the shows, oh my God. Um, Chuck and this high school teacher took this girl that was in high school into that back room where the bed was and got her really high. Yeah. And it was him and a high school teacher. This girl was like 16. Yeah. And uh, it was on the news and stuff. I mean, this is like real stuff. Yeah. It's verifiable. And like, this and teacher... I, I remember, like we, because I, I don't we think we weren't. Night, or did, we were I don't there. think we were there, were we? Man, I, I think I we wasn't. Were. I, I don't was. think I was there. Yeah, I don't know if you were. I was there. I, I think you were working. Yeah, probably. I remember it happening, and I, I at least remember like I'm not saying like everything, but I remember that teacher being there because like we had friends that went to that high school. And I remember them going in the back, and like you could smell weed. I was saying it was just like this is weird. Like yeah. what's going on? And I didn't realize that they had like one of their high school girls yeah yeah like yeah, yeah yeah because i think if you had you would probably have been like um. yeah for sure i would have said something it's like i don't i don't know what happened i don't know if anyone minus those three know what happened but you can't do that obviously so. and here's the thing is that like so i don't like chuck would always do weird like once you were there a lot he would always do weird stuff with he, like about around girls like oh yeah and he would like start like he would like he would like film them but not like in a weird not in a way where it's like not what you're thinking but like in like um even more weird way like yes. where he would like make he would be like well you got you should say this and you, oh, you should yeah. wear this necklace and he say would. this he, would. <laughs> he really would he'd be like put on this wonder woman necklace and yeah. then like say, say something say weird. this yeah, yeah. 
And like he would like, and here's the thing: is that if you don't think that that's true, uh, <laughs> what's the YouTube? It's just YouTube slash Skunkerific, right? I or just so. look up Skunkerific on YouTube. <laughs> There's at least three videos on there of people like this is later because we haven't been there in years or whatever. Yeah. Um, of him doing that same thing. Yeah. Like you can actually watch one now. Yeah. But (laughs) just remember that this is now. This was years ago and he was doing this. This stuff's still happening. Yeah. And it made no sense as to why he like how like why these girls listen to him because Chuck is not like. An attractive man by any means. He is weirdly persuasive. Like, yeah, he is. It's the same way the police. Like, honestly, like it's the same way. Like uh, the police would come all the time, and he would never get in any trouble. Like even when that stuff happened with the teacher and the weed smoking, like the teacher got fired and in legal trouble, and he did. Yeah, like it's so strange. But the thing is, it's almost like one of those movies that you watch that's like not a horror movie, but like a thriller. Yeah, where it's like this person is obviously doing all this crazy fucked up shit. But they almost can just like talk to somebody and hypnotize them. And it's like, like almost like an American psycho. Type. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And like he can talk to you, and he did it to us all the time. Like by that point, we obviously realized stuff was weird as fuck and like crazy. But then he would like talk us into playing a show or something, and we would all agree. And yeah. like looking back now, like it's weird. We would be like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, because remember like... how many times? <laughs> remember how many times? Like this, there was a sound guy, Josh. And he's he's a cool guy. Like he's a really I, nice I guy. always like him. But like, I, I think he was definitely a serial killer behind the scenes. Oh yeah, because he knew all that weird karate stuff. Remember, he like, was one of those people that was very nice and very quiet. But seriously, if someone was like acting out or something, like at a show, Josh would take him outside and come back and be like, "I was this close because we have to do is grab this guy here and it shuts down his nerve." But when you're like, "What?" <laughs> like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> but like, yeah, but you remember like. How much like how Josh would like basically quit every single fucking show because of Chuck? Like he would, he would like, like walk out and be like, "I'm not never coming back here." Like, and no one would blame him. Yeah, like, not at all. Because Chuck was so, it was always such a like he like here's what happened was like we built that stage, we started playing shows, and for some reason that made Chuck think he was like a music producer. It really did, and that was <laughs> the bad side effect of it. Yeah, because he started trying to tell us what we should do with he our band tell and like bands. Yeah, yeah. and we were like. No, <laughs> yeah. like first of all, you don't know anything about rap music or hip hop or anything. Yeah, like, like I say, Chuck's favorite band is Clutch. Yeah, if you don't know what Clutch is, they're a stoner rock band that sings about like riding on elephants and churning butter. They're also Bam Margera's favorite band. Yeah, so it's like, and I have some friends that like Clutch too. But I'm saying he wasn't like someone that should be giving you advice on like hip hop, no, or punk rock bands, or like, like really anything. Most of the bands that because he wasn't, booked, he's not a musician either. No, <laughs> like. But well, he, no, he probably was at some point, because I would also tell you, also, we forgot this, uh, when I started working there, every time something would come up, Chuck would have a story about how he used to do that. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And it was obviously bullshit, yeah. but he told me at one point that he was a cop in Texas, which is not true. <laughs> There's no possible way. He told me once that he was a pizza delivery driver in Arizona. And had like a black Mustang and painted a Punisher skull on the hood and delivered pizzas <laughs> in Arizona. He was a cop in Texas. Uh, he was wearing dark shades like the cops in Texas. <laughs> Some saliva for you there. Cool. And uh, I don't remember what else, but like he's just one of those people that you can bring up anything and he'd be like, oh, well, actually, because I used to, and you're just like, no, you didn't. Like, no, there's no. It's not true. <laughs> First of all, the timeline doesn't work out at like, all. <laughs> None of it made any sense. And uh, thank God I never went to his house. We almost did a few times. I'm glad we never did. No, I don't. I really. And he, but where were we? Because we're not even close to that. There's so um, many. <laughs> we, well, he we, had said, like, 
he had a way of like talking people into things. He did. And, like, he was good at it. He could be strangely charming. I yeah. guess is the word. I don't know. I mean, I I always like I was always pretty dubious of him just because like I yeah. like just felt like there was something weird about him. You well, know, you were right. Yeah. <laughs> um. But like, God, there was so. Oh, what um, the uh uh when he he would sue somebody, he's gonna. Oh, that yeah. This I think this is like this my, is one uh, of the funniest of all yeah. time. This is just straight funny. Is uh. I we still joke about this and say it to each other <laughs> all the time. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite things. It's w- maybe one of the funniest things I think that has ever happened because of how serious he was. Is our friend Chris um, went in there after I had quit and after like the shows had kind of stopped and stuff. He was still doing it for a little while, but without us there, I think it didn't do that well because we put in a lot of work. And uh, Chris went in and was like, "Hey, I heard you guys aren't doing shows anymore. Is that true?" And he was like, "Who told you that?" Remember our friend Chris was like. <laughs> No, I, I mean, it's one of my friends, I think. I don't remember. I was wondering. He's like, who who told you that? He was like, who is it? Like, he wanted to know. Like, he wanted to contact this person. Yeah. And he goes, don't tell anybody that. And Chris was like, well, I didn't even know myself. I was just wondering. And he's like, that's called slander. He's like, and if you start spreading rumors like that, they're not true. He's like, I can see you. I'll take your house. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite sentence of all no. time is, I'll, I'll take, take your, your house. house. <laughs> like, like, what are you talking about? I like about? that it went to z- from zero to, I'll take your house. Like, first of all, no, you won't. I mean, what honestly, that mean? at that point, Chris is lucky he didn't pull his gun out and tell him to leave. So can you imagine, like, going to an attorney and being like, this guy uh, said that my store doesn't host concerts anymore, but it does. I'd like to take his house. Right. <laughs> Uh, Can we work something out with the house taking? <laughs> the the funniest part is like at that point, um, at that point, like we weren't around there anymore. But I remember Chris saying like when he walked in, like the stage just had a bunch of shit on it. It wasn't like a stage anymore. Oh yeah, he said it was just full of like because what. Eventually, what he ended up doing, and this this store is still open. Yeah, you can go there. Oh, you right can now, go there if you want to. And it's still called that. And he mm-hmm. sells SUV, but it's called Skunk Rivet Computer Repairs. And now he sells and repairs computers. And at that point, because obviously, once the concerts kind of stopped, and then CD sales, obviously, oh, this was also during the period when records no, just stopped. You can't selling. say that they stopped. What? You can't say those concerts stopped. Why? He'll take your house. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, once like this, the shows kind of stopped, and like CDs, this was kind of when they started going away too. Yeah. And downloads, because this was all over a period of a few years. Obviously, I mean, more than a few years, but. Uh, so yeah, Chris said like there was just computer parts all over the stage, and they were starting to do the CD thing, which apparently, I mean the computer, mm-hmm. which apparently they do well, but they don't. No, I, no, don't. I don't think they do a good job. <laughs> no. I mean, apparently, like their business is not bad. It's, again, it's another one of those things where, <laughs> okay, somebody brings their computer in, says I need this fixed. He's like, all right, give me a minute. Walks back to that room. All of a sudden, you hear buzzsaw noises and shit. And then they bring it back out and give them to him. And he's like, that's 30 bucks. And the guy's like, okay. And then gives it to him. The computer doesn't work. But then the guy's like, I'm not going back in there. Yeah. So he just made 30 bucks for you know doing it's nothing. It's kind of brilliant. Well, he probably. I heard he made a machine that fixes computers. It fixes computers. <laughs> just what kind of computer? Any? Doesn't matter. Like, what if it's Mac or PC? Doesn't both. matter. Both. <laughs> I he, he, my favorite was like this was two, what that'd be two thousand four, probably yeah. Um, and like you would go in there and like he would have 
Like, if anybody out there has been to one of those computer shows at, like, a convention center they have, like, you know, every once in a while, like, you'll be, like, you'll see, a com- like, a terrible-looking commercial on on right. television for, like, this big... Ah, computer yeah, expo. computer expo, yeah. yeah. And it's always, like, the shittiest stuff ever. Oh, for you sure. You can buy it for, like, kind of cheap. It's all leftover parts and shit. Right. <laughs> That's what he would do. He would just go and buy these things and then put together these, like, shitty fucking machines and then try and sell them for way too much. Because I remember even back then, like, yeah. some of the stuff he had, like, price tags, like, $700 on. And, like, oh, it was, like, yeah. something that was worth, like, 200 even You're then. You're right, because I still worked there when it started being a computer yeah. store. And that's when I remember I just ended up getting out of it because I was just like, this Well, no, I mean, bad. I remember why you left. And I'm <laughs> sure you do, too, is because that fucking dude Evan started working there. Yep. <laughs> and, like, th- this yep. was the downfall of everything. It was really this- was. Because somehow, through all the craziness we just said, that store... Remained afloat, and there was fun times there. Right, and we still had shows and everything, and, like, it was, you know, and, like, uh, I mean, there's so many stories about, like, the Rebel Dynamite shows and, like, the things oh, we would man. do there, and, like, We can still tell those that. in a minute. Yeah, we can tell that. But, like, Evan, but what happened was, like, uh, Chuck hired this guy, Evan, who was apparently a business consultant. Yeah, this guy was this a guy, fucker, This guy, <laughs> first of all, like, he, he always wore a ball cap and a flannel shirt that was unbuttoned and, like, jeans and, like, but they were, like, pleated like dad jeans <laughs> yeah. and like white like tennis shoes and, and with a tucked in t-shirt underneath he was not a business consultant yeah no, this guy he was just some fucking asshole dude <laughs> who like convinced chuck he was kind of like it he was kind of like um chuck's version of chuck like he, he could like talk chuck ap- into anything apprentice. like yeah. he started like yeah you're so right. so when he started coming there he started trying to change all this shit not not the business necessarily just right. like telling people what they can and can't do and everything, and it's like, dude, we've been here doing. We fucking built this store. Like, who are you? Like, and it was kind of know? like the classic and most movie thing. Yeah, where like, you're right is like, Chuck kind of put him in charge when he wasn't around. Yeah. So this guy would come in after I'd been there for years and help build the store and start bossing me around. Right. And I was just like, and he was real fuck fucking stupid. And like, literally, we would literally tell him to fuck up. Right. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not trying to sound like a tough guy. Like, I really would be like, fuck. Oh you, yeah, dude. there were a couple of times <laughs> like, where I, no. I literally, I, I almost like, went, like fought him because yeah. he would not shut the fuck up. And like. like you and I really would be like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, I just, I didn't respect him at all. No. And Chuck kind of like tried to get us to respect each other and it wasn't going to happen. No. And then, and then like slowly but surely, like he kind of like took over everything. Mm-hmm. And like even, even to the point where he kind of pushed Debbie out, which was weird. His wife. Because like, yeah, because like, yeah. yeah, I never thought that would happen. But he did. And like she was like never around and like yeah. he was always doing stuff. And like, um, I remember he fired Jason. Yeah. For no, like, He'd literally no reason. Before we met him. But I'm pretty sure that he fired Jason because Jason was an Indian guy and he thought he was... I think you're yeah. right. <laughs> this was, you know, around... Like, this guy was, like, clearly, like, fucked up and racist, like, weird... If you want the definition of the word, like, white privilege... Yeah, oh, it God. Was, it was... Absolutely. It was Evan. <laughs> like, so then he started, like, convincing Chuck he needs to change the business and all this yeah. stuff. And then... And he was... That was, like, Evan was like, oh, yeah, but I know computer repair and all this <laughs> stuff. And it's like... Do you? Because you don't seem like you know the shit. Answer's no, he doesn't. Yeah. So he would like he hired this other dude. I can't remember what his name was, oh. but the guy who would do all the computer repairs. His name? Oh, what was it? I can't remember either. And like, like he, Craig or something. Yeah, and he would send him out to those expos. Yeah, and they would buy all this cheap shit and then put together these systems and try and overprice them. And I don't remember ever seeing a buy one. Yeah, what they? Yeah, what their business was? What you just said is they would go buy shitty parts, and then like. People that didn't know much would come in there and be like, 
I want to build my own PC, which yeah. is an attractive sounding thing because it's awesome. Like I have a PC that our friend Greg built me, and I love it. Yeah. But they would really overcharge it, like, and it just. And and you would get like an <laughs> inferior product too. You would get a computer that worked good enough. Yeah. Like it worked. Yeah, it worked, but not for what but, you asked for. Yeah, <laughs> that was like, kind of it. Like, and and like you know, and he would price all the stuff like. He would build these computers that weren't even like as good as ones you would you could buy at like Micro Center or Best Buy, but he would price sure. them at the same price point as a computer you would buy at Micro and Center or honest, Best Buy. To be honest, to be fair, I don't even know how much Chuck knew about all this stuff. He didn't he, because he didn't because, know anything yeah. about it. <laughs> like, he, guy. And but but because it's Chuck, he acted like he knew all about and it. That was the problem: is you had two people bullshitting each other themselves and everyone else, right? And so like, which is how you make a sinking ship. Yeah, and that's why <laughs> you can't like yeah, and they're still around. I don't fucking know how who knows how well i don't know yeah, honestly like, there's no way yeah, i mean say. you could still go actually i don't know if they're still around i haven't been down there in years but they, they i are. mean yeah i thought last time i drove by they were still there they're but still then there. that could have just been because he left that suv out in the parking lot and never <laughs> well, no because i remember when our friend jesse opened an arcade around here the original location of it now obviously it has like a set location that it'll pretty much stay at but was right across the street from there Oh, this that's probably right. About, what, it was four years ago, right? No, it was seven, eight. It was seven years ago because it was two thousand nine. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, because it was next to Michael's, right? Michael's pool. Yeah, it was right there, and uh, I helped open that arcade. Like, I helped Jesse get the games, and we loaded in there. Like, we built the stage. Remember, like we did everything. Mm. Same thing, actually. Mixtapes and small time crooks and stuff. I even started playing them. Our mixtapes first started. We played a lot of shows at that arcade because it was kind of our home base because we didn't like any venues in Cincinnati really. Well, that wasn't at the original one though because that was when it moved one. up to the second, the second one on one. Sharon Road or not Sharon Road, but on we got Crescent the sound Villa. system at the first one. Yeah, we were yeah. Going to do a stage, but he just was not there for very long. Then he moved to Crescentville and that was bigger. And then you put the stage in. We built the stage, but the location was a terrible location, yeah, it wasn't kind a of. Location. It was a good deal of a building, yeah. but. And then he moved place. into the mall, and, and that's now, where it's been ever great. since. Yeah, and we have a stage there at the mall and a sound system. Yeah. I did that MC Chris show and stuff, yeah. but, or, or MC Lars, or... I don't know, what was that? I don't know. Huh? What was that show? Was it MC Chris or MC Lars? What? Oh, at, at the arcade, uh, MC Lars, Mega Ran. Mega Ran, yeah, MC Mega Lars Ran. and stuff, so... They could do shows, we could, but, like, we helped open this place, and uh, it was right across the street from Skunk Griffin, and I walked over there, so this was seven years ago. And I talked to Chuck for a few minutes, and uh, he was probably, exactly the yeah, same. I was going to say, it, it probably went about... It was awkward, and I just was like... He had that same attitude of, like, creepiness and, like, this snarky, like, I'm going to fuck someone's day up. I don't know. It's so weird, man. It just makes you feel weird. Yeah. Because like, I wanted to see if he had... The one cool thing he did that I've seen a few other venues do since on tour is he recorded every show from yeah. the soundboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you played there, you had a live recording. Yeah, he'd give you a CD of it. And I wanted to see if he had any verbal dynamite ones. And he said he probably did an old computer and was going to let me know or get back to me. No, he never was never going to do that. I would love to have those. Yeah, well, but here's the thing. <laughs> is That was really cool. What wasn't cool <laughs> is what we discovered He recorded on, a lot more than just is, shows. Is that we've, we were there one day hanging out and... Uh, by the way, if he ever hears any of this, he's gonna try. He's gonna try and sue us. I'll take your house. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he, uh, we had looked on the computer, and um, he he had like a separate file for like sound recording that wasn't part of the one from the soundboard, 
he had set up microphones in all the rooms and he had recorded all the conversations the that happened there in the store. Yeah. So we found all these like conversations that Ryan and I are ha- had or like we're sitting there or like you with customers or like he recorded other me shit. talking to customers. Yeah, or other things. It's like just things random. that and yeah. <laughs> it was so But that's the fucking thing is like is is for all the for every cool thing he did. He did one fucked up thing. Like, he would like I remember another thing. Yeah, he would go up to like the girls that were at the like the venues, like the high school girls when we were doing shows, and be like, "Hey, stand against this wall. Like, I need a picture of you." And they'd be like, "What?" And he'd be like, "I'm gonna use it for a flyer." Oh yeah, I forgot like, about that huh? shit. Like, yeah. are you like? Okay, I don't know. And maybe he did use it for flyers. I don't know, but probably not. <laughs> but uh. But we had a lot of fun there with Verbal Dynamite. That was our band. Because, man, Verbal Dynamite stories could just go on forever. But it was. It was uh, Justin did all the beat stuff and keyboard stuff. Like, you did uh, We had a key. Oh, he had a Yamaha keyboard, mm-hmm. the drum machine, a DJX. Mm-hmm, which later got stolen by... Uh, Binky. Binky. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. Yes, a man named Binky stole one of our equipment things. Yeah. And... Uh, and you had a third thing, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I can't remember though. Like it's been so long. Like, Justin did all the DJ. Oh, I had a sampler. Things. A sampler. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. And, uh, we loved that sampler. Yes, we did. Justin did that. Um, I played guitar and rapped and sang. Um, we had a lot of bass players. Yeah, we always had somebody new playing bass. Always. And then uh, Rob like, Carjoli, Justin, Justin Sheldon, James, event, Josh Lemoyne at one sometimes. point, even though he. And, and yeah. then our friend Josh rapped and sang. He was mm-hmm. the lead vocalist. And then in, uh, in, and out, in and out of there would be Ryan Whitcomb whenever he felt like uh, being part of it or not Garrett. being part of it. Garrett Coates, yeah. And then our friend Tom Hart, he did backup vocals. He did. Yeah. Well, what he did do is one night we're practicing. It's about 11 p.m. and he uh, he walks in. He's like, "Sorry, I'm late. You got to see what I just did." We're like, "What?" And like, because like we would just be there after hours practicing, which was fun. I do miss that. Like, you just have a store after hours. Yeah. We're just shooting the shit with your friends, playing video games, and like making music. And he was like, "Guys, you got to like." It was like 11 p.m. and he was like, "You guys got to check this out." And we're like, "What?" He somehow by himself got up. And got a stoplight. Yeah, stole a stoplight. <laughs> it was just in the back of his truck. <laughs> and this wasn't like a Spencer, like, gag gift. Like, this was like... This was a full-size... Hundreds of pounds. Yeah. Working. You, like, you could see the wires. He cut it. Yeah. And How it was, by it, himself it was did slightly, that? It was slightly <laughs> busted because he, I think he dropped it into <laughs> his bed of his truck. <laughs> How he did this by himself to this day... We don't know. No. And he would never explain it. He was out of his mind. Yeah. He was, he literally, but also like, yeah, he was like the craziest dude, but he also was the strongest man in the world. He really was. Like he was. And it was very deceptive. Crazy tough. And he was crazy. Like he was the type of person that's nice to have around, but like he's the type of person at one of those shows that somebody was acting up, he'd just walk up to him and be like, you're going to leave or I'm seriously going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> he'd be like, okay. Yeah. It's like, that's fine. But he, uh, he had a stoplight. And uh, one time we also filled the bed of his truck up with a tarp and uh, water and soap and had like a, a hot tub outside of one well, of our shows. To, this was at the last show, and that was his idea because <laughs> he said it would be fun. I got in. I know. I know you did. He did too. And 
it was the worst because it was just fucking. It was disgusting. It was like tarp with a bunch of cold water and fucking soap in it with a leaf blower to make bubbles. <laughs> I peed there. Of course you did. I don't care if you did. Why? Oh my god. What? What? Nothing. We were doing so good without you being disappointed. Yeah, well, if you would not do that and then make that weird face, I would be... It wasn't be... even like a weird face. I was just... Yes, it was. You were like... <laughs> you look like you're like a beaver at a dam. Like... That's not what I was doing. And stop doing that. <laughs> what? God what damn it. You're such a Muppet. <laughs> a Muppet. That is literally a way, the way a Muppet moves. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway... What is you? What are you doing? You're that one from Sesame Street. Oh my god! I'm Telly Monster. What's? Oh yeah, I forgot about him. I love Telly Monster. So anyway, we we need to wrap up because I gotta go to work soon. Oh yeah, it's New Year's Eve. How long we been recording? Like it's been an hour. I mean, I I don't I don't want to wrap up, but like I. You know, we kind of went long on that stuff, so. Oh, man, we didn't even get to any of the top lists. I guess we could do that in the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, I'm off, you know, most of this week, so. Okay, well, everyone has sent in their lists, and I have a bunch in my email, too. So I guess uh, we'll just record the next couple of days and do our lists in the year-end <laughs> list. Yeah, it's We'll fine. just do it into the new year. Yeah, that's fine. Because we're punks, and we don't give a shit. We don't give two fucks. Who? Who dat? That's me. Go ahead. That's me. Who dat? It's a bitch who don't give a shit. Uh-huh. Go yeah. on. No, I'm done. But uh, oh, so I guess we're gonna have to have our interview that later this week too. Yeah, we will. I mean, he was, you know, it's not like he was that busy. He just lives right down the street, so. <laughs> Professor Charles Sex Xavier just moved. No, Dick Xavier. Oh, was that? <laughs> he lives down the street? Is that how you met him? Yeah. Oh, is that why he uses your phone all the time? Yeah. I mean, he he doesn't use it all the time. He just started, like, he just asked if you would borrow it yesterday. Wow, that just seems weird. Was he over here? Yeah, he, well, no, I was, like, hanging out, and he came out. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. He He, he seems to think that I have superpowers. Yeah, well, that's why he wanted to use my phone, because, like... Trying to recruit people? Yeah. Okay, I understand. That's fine. Well, I guess we're going to have to get to the... uh, We'll get to uh, the interview, and we'll get to the year-end list into the new year. We're going to do it differently, because that's how we row. You know how we row? How's that? Like a rolling stone. Gonna get you to bone. Because we fuck. And we suck in the back of that truck, filling it up with soap and water. What rhymes with water? Hotter. Solder. Fill it up with soap and water, because these dudes is hotter. Suck my dick. <laughs> I lick your prick. Then I take a stick and stick it up your ass. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Well, yeah. Welcome. So, was this 98 for sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I won't know until. I think it is. So, for 99, we'll do our best of 2016 and we'll have our interview and then we'll figure out something cool for episode 100. 
I'm sure we'll tell some more stories on the next one because there's a bunch. Oh yeah, of we have more. a lot more. So uh, don't. Worry. I know you had like a list or something. Yeah, I have too. a list. We didn't even get to it. We really like that was just supposed. Everything you just heard was supposed to be the intro of the podcast. Right. So we uh, we went off on a little bit of a tear. Yeah. Sorry about that. So thanks for listening. We'll see you in a couple of days. Have a good New Year. Be safe. Listen to this on the way to your New Year's party. Get a handy. Don't have sex. Don't have oral sex. If you're a girl, get fingered. If you're a guy, get jacked. That's it. Why? You gotta have some, you know, moderation. <laughs> Don't even know what that. Never mind. I don't know if you even know what moderation means. Yeah, I do. It's like okay, if you and I are hanging out at a party, Justin, and you're like, I'm gonna fuck you, I'll be like, well, I'm not against the idea, but how about said I just jack you off? Well, that scenario would never happen, so. Why? Because I don't, I'm not going to fuck you. Oh, I know. That's what we just established. Right, but I wouldn't even try to. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, you do. I tell you every single fucking day of your life that that's not going to happen. <laughs> you don't tell me every day. Literally every <laughs> single day. That's not true. Jerry can vouch for it. Pretty much every day you call him and every day you get rejected. It's not rejected. Every day you I get denied sex. Every no, every day I call, and I just try to propose different ideas. You know, switch it up a little no, bit. No, that's not a different idea. Yeah, it's that's like, not a oh, different idea. Oh, Justin, you hung out with this girl one. tonight. That's pretty cool. But how about instead jack me off? No, again, I always say no. No, I'm not asking you now. I'm just giving. No, I know. I understand. So. You don't have to give me an example. I'm not. I I get the example every day. Okay. Well. I feel like I'm just being painted in a negative light here. Well, stop painting yourself in a negative light and you wouldn't be in that negative light. I have needs. Good. Then exercise them in other places. I do. Great. Well, I'm not going to help you with them. I don't want you to. Yes, you do. No. Oh my God. I found somebody. Okay, good. I hope you did. I did. Who? What's his name? It's a girl. I'm not gay. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Benny. Okay, Benny. So, first nice. of all, it took you a very long time to think of their She's name. Very nice. That seems strange that it took you a long time to think of their name if you're actually seeing someone. Well, we're not seeing each other yet. We've just been hanging out. Okay, even if you're hanging out with somebody, you know their name. I mean, we have hung out together. What does that mean? I mean, I, it's more one-sided for now, but I think some good things are going to happen. Oh, so you've been stalking them. Not stalking, watching. It's the same thing. And it's it's not a girl. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's. A... Yeah. Okay. Great. I'm. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. All right. We'll see you guys All in right, a couple of days. Bye. Bye.